Support for Always Sunny and Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you precision-engineered tools for your grooming experience. So Manscaped was kind enough to hook us up with their best-selling product, the Lawnmower 3.0, and no joke, you guys, this thing's slick. Uh, I'm not going to do an ad read for a company that I don't believe in personally, and I'm here to tell you that if you have any shaving needs for any hair on your body, this takes care of it. Uh, it's a great little, great little buzzer, great product. I'm a super hairy guy, and if I'm going to recommend a product on the show, it's going to be something that actually impresses me, and so consider me impressed. Here are the deets straight from the Manscaped ad copy. Their third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, which is pretty cool. Something that I haven't seen a lot of the razors and the LED light, um, it's built in right on the front of it and illuminates whatever you're shaving. So it's a great product. I'm a huge fan. Get 20% off and free shipping on your whole entire order if you use the promo code SUNNYINKC on the manscaped.com website. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use SUNNYINKC. And honestly, we need you guys to use this code to secure our deal with Manscaped long term. So please use the code. Let Austin and I know about it. We'll shout you out on the podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Dude, I mean, 10,000 rats. Are you kidding me? Like that, they're just going to, they're going to get you with numbers. I don't care how prepared you are for them. There's just too many of them. Some Listen, of them are going to slip through. No, no, no. Listen, if Charlie can massacre, you know, thousands can die by his hands, you know, just get a big old rat stick. You're going to be fine. You get, get some of those little sonic traps that will obliterate their teeny tiny oh, eardrums. Uh, uh, 10,000 no. of them at once. I don't know. They're trying to kill you. They're not just running around. You're not hunting them. They're hunting you. Yeah, I mean, that is the language. It says that they are coming to kill you. I don't, right. I mean, I can't take my lawyer hat off here. That That is the language. They're coming to kill you. But here's the thing, like, you're a human. They're an animal. They're coming to kill you. They're rats. You know, I just feel like it would be really easy to set up a giant 10,000 rat killing trap. Like, it's just like a field. They're well, running across the field, and then you just blow it up with dynamite or something like that. traps right? and dynamite. That's, that's not what this is saying. <laughs> You absolutely could use well, traps you could and dynamite. Just use dynamite against everybody. Why wouldn't you just say, I'm not going to pick anyone to defend me because I'm just going to blow everything up with dynamite. Well, I wouldn't want to be the only one facing down all these people, even if I had dynamite. I'm just <laughs> saying that like, as a human, and this is why you have to pick the hunter. I feel like now in the picture, he does have a shotgun, which like, yeah, he'd have, I'm not he'd super have scared of some jabroni with a shotgun. Like, whatever, that's not going to kill me from very far away. Right. But having two human brains against all these <laughs> animals, there's a reason why we've made, like, half the species on this planet extinct, right? Like, it's yeah. because we're smart and they're dumb. You, you don't hunt no man. That's right. You can't be hunting no man. <laughs> well, when you hunt a man... You're liable to snap like a twig, Taylor. <laughs> so the choice is here, just so we just so we're on the same page. Fifty eagles. How do you feel about the eagles? Uh, eagles are out. They're too small. You know, an eagle's like fifteen pounds, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. All I have to do is wear like a heavy shirt, and they're not even. Gonna have <laughs> they to, can't even do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably not a heavy shirt, but like some Kevlar yeah. or something like that. Okay. No, they're fine. I and like eagles and rats are like the only animals on this list that I could kill with my bare hands. Like I could kill an eagle with my yeah. hands. That's true. You can kill a man with your bare hands. Well, that is that is true. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to. No. Now these crocodiles, ten crocodiles. This is my Mm. pick right here, right? Like I've been, I've been pushing the crocodile thing for a long time. Yeah. It says 
they will defend you. And the other animals are coming to attack me, which means I get to choose the place of engagement. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, crocodiles are killers, all right? They have been essentially unchanged for thousands of years. They're an apex predator. These crocodiles pictured in the tweet are Nile crocodiles. They kill hundreds of people a year. In Africa, there was a crocodile named Gustav Taylor that's killed like 300 people. A famous person killing crocodile named Gustav. Uh, Yes, named Gustav in Burundi. And he hasn't been seen for a few years. He's lying low. He's huge. He's like 18 feet long. He's got a bullet scar. He's super badass. So Uh crocodiles would be my pick. I mean, like, Crocs are in. Crocs are in. They, the, the others, the, those, these other animals would have a lot of problems with water. So I'm posted up on like an island or a peninsula or something, you know, okay. like by okay. a river. These sure. crocs are going to be swimming around. They're going to be dragging Chomping. these animals down. Yeah. Now the rats still present a problem with their numbers. The crocs aren't going to eat 10,000 rats. That is where the human ingenuity comes in. Because if I'm pairing humans and crocs together, I got to find some way to deal with the numbers. So the other choices, we've got three grizzly bears. That's a strong contender. Bears are pretty formidable. They've, uh, and especially if they're three, defending though. you, you know, you just stand in the middle and let three bears triangle around you. I feel like nothing's getting by those guys, but uh, the bulls, I don't really feel bulls are like, I don't know. I don't think they're agile they're, enough. They're not a natural predator. They're the they're only not. animal on this list. that's not a natural predator. So right. perfect. You know, somebody on the Twitter thread pointed out, they do have the weight advantage. They are they the do. heaviest, the heaviest group, but I and just seven of like, them. Yeah. Seven of them. But I just don't feel like, I don't know. I mean, whatever. They're bulls, man. They don't have armor plating. <laughs> they don't have, you know, sharp teeth. They just have the horns. I, what about I feel this like big pack of 15 wolves. Yeah. I don't know. Did you ever see that's the gray? Kinda, I, Eason? I did. I did. Yeah. That's kind of, Spoiler alert, they kill him. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a pretty dark movie. Don't think, see the gray, everybody. Yeah, you think that Liam Neeson's going to kill the wolves, but right. he doesn't. They no. kill him at horrible. the end. It yeah, was. it was horrible. Um, but I, I mean, they're they're wolves. big. They're they're. I like wolves. They're big and they're smart and they are like pack the, hunters. They are pack hunters. They're the only like natural kind of pack hunter on. I guess maybe rats are pack hunters. I don't. I don't actually know that much about rats' hunting <laughs> habits, but. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've got the wolves. We've got the rats. We, we've done the rats to death. The lions. Four lions. Give me a mm, break. Get, no. get out of here with that. No. They sleep yeah. like 22 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, lions are super lazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about them because they're only actively hunting me like two hours out of every day. So they're they're out. They're and lions don't hunt other predators. They hunt like easy kills, like gazelles yeah. and stuff. You know, they're yeah, not going to, totally. as soon as they go up against wolves and bears, they're screwed. And crocs, no way. Yeah. Now a big X factor for me are the gorillas because yeah. obviously in terms of intelligence, they're second on this list and yeah. they're strong as shit. And if I'm picking something to fight the rats, you know, somebody said <laughs> like, this is, this is like a Kobayashi Maru scenario because mm. you can't pick a combination that will overcome the rats. If the rats defend you, you'll still get swarmed by these other big animals. But if you fight the rats, how are you going to kill the rats? I feel like five gorillas might be able to kill 10,000 rats with their bare <laughs> hands. Like, like, they are human, so they're smart, and they can kind of, like, use, you know, they could fight back-to-back, you know, they're used to kind of hunting around in packs. And obviously, a gorilla could just, every time it touches a rat, a rat's going to die. True, true. What about the the swarm factor? Like, looking like the Army of the Dead in Lord of the Rings, where it's just just a sea of rats that just overtakes, even if they're sitting there smashing everything. I just don't know. The, those The 10,000 is just very very hard for my brain to overcome to think that any any single animals are going to have any chance against that 
I think that, I mean, the problem is, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of numbers. A lot of people online were picking the rats. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't accept it. I mean, rats are scary. You know, 10,000 of them coming across like the army of the dead, you know, like, uh, like the Peloponnesians or not the Peloponnesians, but the, the Persians in 300. Sure. That's what I'm envisioning is like, you know, me and like 10 crocodiles and maybe the gorillas. I see, I'm thinking, you know, I I went with the man originally, but I'm thinking like, even though I'm not really a gun guy, like if it's just one dude, you know, I I don't know. I feel like I could outsmart him and I just need to go to the store and buy a gun and, you know, he's got a shotgun, whatever. And then me and the gorillas and the crocodiles just lined up fighting these rats. I don't know. I feel like we could get it done. Well, you know who would definitely get it done in this situation? It's Patrick Mahomes. Welcome in, everybody. It is July 30th, 2020. We're recording this on a Thursday instead of our usual Wednesday. Taylor has a little rant for you later in the show. We're debuting a new segment today called What Are We Hot About? We are hot about a lot of things, Taylor. Very, very hot. Before we get into what we're hot about, we have some news. Excuse me. We have some news. 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 So, Taylor, there was... There was an unbelievable amount of news when yeah. we were getting ready for the show. Like we went like three months without really any news. And then suddenly this week, it was just like the floodgates opened. There's been a ton of news. So on Monday, first item of news, Patrick Mahomes owns the Royals now. Hmm. Pretty fun. He's uh, the youngest owner in American sports history. And, you know, he's, he's a minority owner, but it's not like he is now the controlling owner of the Royals, but he might as well be, right? Right. Like he, he's, he's got the whole city in the ball in his hands. This is just such a fun story for everyone involved. Yeah, it was just, it was so unexpected too. Like it, yeah. it literally, like I saw, I don't remember who broke it first, whether it was, was Rappaport. I thought Schuster it was a joke. It was. And I did think it was a joke. Yeah. I read it like three or four times. And I, I thought was I was like, getting buried. Whoa, yeah, it was such a very tweet. And it turns out he's just part owner of the Royals now. And, you know, as a practical matter, I, I mean, it doesn't really change that much about our lives. But one, it's extremely dope that yeah. our quarterback owns a baseball team. Even our baseball team. A small minority owner. Number two, it's cool that he owns our baseball team and he's bought into Kansas City, literally. Uh, number three, I did have some people say, you know, like, well, if the Royals are ever trying to attract free agents, you know, it's like bring in a free agent, you know, bring them in and have Pat woo them. They, they will definitely be wooed <laughs> if they're sitting in a room with Patrick Mahomes laying his rings on the table. I mean, it's just a cool story. Like, uh, I guess I saw that maybe Aaron Rodgers is a part owner of the Bucks, but like, you just don't see this very often. You know, no. Michael Jordan owns a basketball team, but that was after he retired. Pat's yeah. 24. Yeah, and it was Charlotte, you know, like it's just kind of, you know, like Derek Jeter and the Marlins. Like there are some marriages that don't really seem to make a ton of sense or at least sure. like fire up the fan base as much. And this is just the perfect marriage of 
you know, young superstar athlete. He's young. That's the other thing. All these other guys that buy teams and all that is all after they're done. Magic Johnson and the Dodgers and all that stuff. Like it's not, it's not the same as being an active superstar in one league and having an ownership stake in your same city's other team. It's just that plays across the parking lot. It plays across the parking lot that he can go over there and throw out first pitches and he can, you know, he can rub shoulders with all the different baseball players and oh, kind not of get this that. Year, though. Not this year. No, no rubbing, no rubbing of any kind, but he can, he can put his mark, his, his historically awesome soaring, just awesomeness on the Royals. And he can say you know, him being involved with the Royals already makes the Royals a better team, which is hard to, you know, kind of quantify, but it's just, he's such a winner and it's such a fun thing for chiefs or for chiefs and Royals fans to chiefs kind of and Royals fans. come together yep. on this. If they do a Royals Mahomes Jersey, that's going to be the number one selling MLB Jersey. No, question. yeah, I agree. No, it is for sure. I mean, for real, it will be, uh, he will be now he, he wears obviously the same number as wit. Right. So, you know, the Royals might not really want to do that. Cause like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that gets like all their weird licensing and everything like that. Like if they can put out a number 15 Mahomes Jersey, I'm sure they could do it. Yeah. Good thought. But, uh, and obviously with the NFL too, I don't know how the NFL, like if they own Pat's like Jersey rights, if they have to sell them to baseball, I don't know. He also, uh, has to, uh, probably watch what he tweets. He was, uh, basically tweeting free Joe Kelly. He was supporting Joe Kelly yeah, the other day, which uh, just shows that Pat's a real one because uh, Joe Kelly should not have been suspended for exacting street justice on the Houston Astros. But uh, as part owner of a baseball team, now he's probably going to have to watch what he tweets what about baseball. Ridiculous story. Like yeah. of his whole life. Like it's just, it's just impossible that this kid is so accomplished and so put together and so now rich and young and i mean just everything about him is perfect it's it's it feels like a joke it does feel like a joke and you have to wonder like like how must his his dad feel i'm sure extremely proud of his son but like his dad's like man i was a major league pitcher for 10 years like i had a pretty cool life compared to like 98 percent of the people in the <laughs> yeah. world i walk into a room and i'm like i was a major league baseball pitcher and now his son is a major league baseball owner in addition to being a super bowl winning quarterback and the highest paid athlete of all time <laughs> yeah now his like, dad's not even the coolest pat mahomes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah it's uh it's funny it's uh it's quite a wild ride um, but it's a, it's a cool story. And unfortunately the Royals have yet to win a game since Patrick Mahomes became their owner, but, uh, he's going to have to go over there and crack some skulls in the dugout, you know, uh, maybe pony up some money so we can sign a little relief pitching. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, second item of news and this, this does have a pretty serious impact. So, uh, last week we started to see players opt out, obviously with this upcoming season, players were given the option to opt out and the way that that works procedurally is their contract gets told that's a legal term for a year which means uh, whatever they were making in 2020 they will now make instead in 2021 if they have you know a multi-year contract everything gets pushed back a year they do get a hundred fifty thousand dollar stipend uh for this year just so they have you know living expenses for those of them that don't already have a lot of money stashed away which obviously a lot of them do but uh that comes out of their their next year's salary and then that salary gets cleared from the books for whatever team, you know, has them rostered, they opt out, clear some salary cap space. And as of today, we're recording this on the 30th. The NFL is still not agreed completely with the NFLPA about 
exactly the terms. So the deadline for players to opt out is a week from whatever day they agree. They still have not agreed. So we're looking at at least next Thursday, which would be what, August, uh, August, August 6th. 6th. And at it's probably August not going to be tonight. So yeah. And it's probably going to be, yeah, it's probably going to be tomorrow. If I had to guess, you know, Friday, they get a lot of business done then. Mm-hmm. So we've already seen some players opt out, including the very first player to announce that he was opting out for the season. Laurent Dunardet Tardif, Dr. Larry, uh, LDT, the Chiefs guard, exercised his option opt out and uh, put out a press release. Obviously, we talked about, you know, a couple months ago um, when this was a major story. He's been on the front lines fighting COVID-19. And so he has chosen to sit out the football season and continue to work in the hospital. And uh, yeah, I mean, what can you say about that other than good for him? Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I thought his his statement was very, you know, well put together and just very he's he, he's just so selfless to be putting money back and to be, you know, putting his career on the line for a game that he loves to go and put his life on the line for other people. It's just a very cool story and very something that, you know, yes, the Chiefs line will miss LDT's presence for sure, but I think he wouldn't be able to kind of, you know, live with himself if he didn't make this decision. And it was very noble of him. And I, I think all of chiefs kingdoms, a hundred percent behind him. Um, he's one of 30 players now, according to CBS sports that has officially opted out, which is an average of just less than one per team. But there is one team that has more than anyone else by far. And that's the <laughs> Patriots who have six opt-outs already yeah. of the 30. They have 20% of all opt-outs, which is just mind-numbing to me. It's crazy. Yeah, and we we can kind of dive into that a little bit because obviously the Chiefs do play the Patriots this year. Uh, We kind of have have come full circle on New England from they're going to be a joke with Jared Stidham at quarterback to, hey, they they signed Cam. They're kind of frisky to, well, hey, half the defense just opted (laughs) out and they're starting right tackle. Um, two running backs, Bolden yeah. and Vital. I mean, they're fullback and yeah, they're they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It, you know, people have had their hot takes on this. I, I kind of posted my take on this the other day. I don't think this is like a conspiracy by the Patriots to tank. I don't see why the Patriots. Number one, Bill is old, and prior to all of his players quitting on him, was definitely going to be the favorite in the AFC East, assuming Cam is healthy. Certainly. And I don't really think that the players, you know, like you guys forget, this is one of the things that we'll, we kind of will continue to talk about um, in this conversation about players opting out. This is a, a sport where careers are really short and players don't have, you have maybe two or three times to cash in in free agency or with contract extension and make money. And I just like, I'm, I know Bill has a lot of sway over his athletes, but guys are not opting out just so that Bill Belichick can tank and, you know, put them on the back burner while he goes out and loses 15 games or something like that, which honestly, like if he wanted to lose 15 games, he could do it anyway. Yes. Bill Belichick, like he could pull some strings, you know, he wouldn't even know he was tanking. Exactly. Well, exactly. Any idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He could definitely do it if he wanted to, but yeah, a huge losses for the Patriots, especially obviously Hightower and Chung uh, on the defensive side. And then they're starting rough our right tackle cannon um, big losses for them. And so that obviously bodes well for the chiefs. We've seen now 30 players. It's Thursday. We're going to see more opt outs. And honestly, mm-hmm. the longer it takes the two sides to come to an agreement about when the deadline is going to be, I think the more guys are going to opt out. I mean, with everything going on in the world and we'll talk, talk about some of those things in a minute. 
um, how could you not as a player be tempted? You know, the more guys jump out, especially if, you know, I feel like if a, a big name quarterback or wide receiver were to say, I'm not going to play this season, we could see some pretty serious movement there. I hope we, we don't. There was those Nick Foles rumors. There were, which would have been very seems, unfortunate. Seems that they got squashed. But uh, yeah, a name like that would definitely make a lot of waves. There have already been some waves here, but you're right. Um, one of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, if one of them opted out due to COVID reasons, I mean, that would be that, that would be quite the scene. Yeah. And so I guess sort of shifting into the news of today, was it just mm-hmm. today? It feels like it, it, it was, wasn't it? Which, which It feels like it's it's been a million years since Damian Williams decided oh. that he was going to opt out. I guess that was yesterday. That was yesterday, yeah. So the Chiefs' second opt-out uh, is Damian Williams, running back. Obviously a guy who, depending on kind of how the snaps were going to shake out, was either going to be their starting running back or, or kind of their their second guy. You know, he was going to yeah. be first or second on the depth chart, yeah. depending on, you know, how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their first-round pick, performed in camp. He also put out a press release, and his reasoning was his mother, unfortunately, has cancer. Yeah. And um, so, Stage obviously, four, yeah. yeah, a very personal reason for him. And, you know, this is – I hope people take this seriously. You know, like we don't make the show about politics, but this isn't really about politics. Um, when a player like Damian Williams, who is making 2.5 million on his 2020 deal, this was the last year of his deal. So that pushes his contract back to next year. He gets $150,000. This is not a guy who's made a tremendous amount of money no. in his NFL career. You know, his career earnings are under probably under 5 million. He was an undrafted free agent. You know, mm-hmm. he played in Miami for a few years. He hasn't and made a tremendous amount of money with the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And next year, we know the cap is going to be going down. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. You know, his cap hit is two point five million dollars. That's getting pushed back to twenty twenty one, which is a year we know the cap is going to probably go down. It could be as low as one hundred seventy five million dollars, which would be a twenty million dollars shortfall from where it is this year. You know, he can be cut next year for a five hundred thousand dollar dead cap hit, which would be a two million dollars savings. And by opting out, you know, there's a very real chance he is not going to play for the Chiefs again. And for him to make that decision, especially, you know, not having made $50 million in his NFL career, it just speaks to obviously the severity of what's going on with his family, but just how serious, you know, the health risks of playing this year in the middle of a global pandemic are. And I think, you know, for those of you who are not taking it seriously still, I I think you need to kind of take a step back and look at the decisions that some of these players are making. And if you're on Twitter and giving people shit about it, fuck out of here. That's, (laughs) Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. That's, I mean, it it just is, it's obviously, it's a very weighty decision for him. I hope um, we had a conversation. I was just uh, talking to one of our birds of war, Peter Yadrich the other day. And, you know, considering how obvious a cap cut he would be next year, I wonder if maybe that's something that he and the chiefs have already kind of negotiated. Like they know he's not going to be back next year. If maybe, if maybe he said, Hey, I'm going to opt out, 
you know, what, what's going to be going on next year. And maybe if they've decided that, you know, they'll release him as soon as the new league year starts and he could get maybe a jump start on free agency or something like that. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, or maybe if they've talked about restructuring him, you know, that could always be a possibility too. Um, you know, just have maybe if they've already had some preliminary conversations about that, because I certainly wouldn't mind having it back as a backup. Um, no. But that's obviously the big news on the field is Clyde Edwards Hilaire and his ascendancy to the number one running back spot. Yeah. And I mean, the Chiefs were already obviously very excited about the kid drafting him in the first round, something Andrew <laughs> hadn't done before and yeah. something that surprised many. Uh, but, you know, that being said, he's still a rookie and it's still something that even though the expectations are, are great for Clyde, um, he, you know, Damian has scored 11 playoff touchdowns with the chiefs. He is a absolutely integral part of what they have accomplished over the last couple of years. Now, regardless of, you know, your thoughts on Clyde versus Damian moving forward, it's still a net loss for the chiefs to lose Damian. I was having this conversation with people on Twitter earlier that, that seemed to think that this was good news, which it's, it's certainly not good news because if Clyde was good enough to be better than Damian, he would have beaten him out. And, you know, it, it would have worked itself out on the field. So right. just wanted to get that straight. Um, the Chiefs also picked up Kalechlio Simile uh, for the LDT absence on the roster, which yes, um, I think that's a pretty good direction for them to go. A, a veteran, a guy that's, you know, been around Jets and Raiders and um, seemed like he graded pretty well. I think that's definitely a, a good depth piece that it sounds like he'll probably be the starting left guard. So um, good, good situation there for Veach as always guy doesn't. Yeah, miss. right. Exactly. He doesn't miss. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was a first team all pro at one point, not that long ago, I think just in 2017. So yeah. he was really good with the Raiders. One of their best offensive linemen, you know, back in 2016 when Derek Carr was a quote unquote MVP <laughs> candidate, he had Osemele protecting him on the left uh, side on the left guard. No wonder he was so good. Yeah. I mean, he had a, I think he had, it, it was something outrageous. He, he was the least pressured quarterback in the NFL that year. A big part of the reason why Raiders fans think that he's good is literally because of Kalecchio Simile and the other guys on that offensive line. Obviously we know that Derek Carr is actually trash. <laughs> so kudos to him. If he can make Derek Carr look good, even if only for a season, um, his big question obviously is health. He had shoulder surgery last year against the Jets wishes. I think it was kind of a, yeah. a whole deal. Obviously the Jets are one of those organizations where, you know, if they cut a player, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad player. (laughs) If they sign a player, that doesn't mean that he's good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just traded Jamal Adams too, which is not something that we need to spend a whole lot. I mean, we don't need to spend any time on that because it doesn't really affect us, but um, obviously a hugely dysfunctional organization, Woody Johnson ambassador to the UK, uh, you know, pushing for Trump uh, to get his, uh, his golf course to host the British open and calling people racial slurs and things watch like that. Watch out now. We got a one-star review for you mentioning Trump too many times. Remember that yeah, was, a, well, uh, that really, you know, got a lot of people mad. They're, they're not snowflakes, Austin. They're just concerned. No, pa- they're not snowflakes. They're, they're just patriotic Americans. Uh, right. Love Woody Johnson, owner of the jets. <laughs> so, uh, Coleccio simile. Yeah. I mean, if he's healthy, watch out. Uh, he still has obviously some stuff in the tank. Um, he's not terribly old either. You know, he's, he's still young enough that if he's healthy and he had the surgery early on last year, like he missed pretty much the whole season. So, I mean, he should have had plenty of time to rehab that and get that back up to speed. So for this late in the season, um, to be able to pick him up, swoop him up and add him to the roster is a 
a huge coup by Brett Veach, who is no stranger to making awesome moves all the time. Uh, it'll be great to see how he kind of works out. And then obviously uh, with LDT gone, that kind of puts the right guard spot up for grabs, uh, whether that ends up being Wiley, whether that ends up being Martinez Rankin, it's probably going to be a little bit of a, a, a competition there. You know, talent-wise, I'd say Osimile is probably an upgrade over LDT, but with the offensive line, you know, continuity is so important. Those guys playing next to guys that they're familiar with, um, obviously knowing the system, knowing the blocking schemes, and playing with Patrick Mahomes and knowing – you know, not knowing because you can never really know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do, but having, having a sense for, you know, how he's going to scramble or step up in the pocket. That's, that's all really underrated. I think with offensive line play, he would be a unique guy to guard for that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, we can't just say, Osimile steps in and, you know, Rankin or Wiley pulls in on the right side and suddenly the offensive line is better. It's hard to say that because, these guys haven't played together before and obviously they're not going to be able to in the preseason. Um, but certainly talent wise, you, you know, it could be an upgrade. It could be, um, it could be an upgrade at the left guard spot and we'll see how it kind of shakes out on the right side. So I did want to talk a little bit about the cap. I, I can't believe how much news there was in the last week. It's yeah, honestly, we're, not, we're about halfway done. Yeah. We're not even all, through all of it yet. Yeah. So they did negotiate a cap floor for next season. We heard that ridiculous rumor for a couple of days that the, the, the cap was going to go down to like 130 or $140 million, Ugh. which would be like a $50 million cap shortfall from this year, almost $60 million from this year, and like something like 60 to $70 million from where they would have projected it to be pre-COVID. Yeah, like half of all NFL players would have been unemployed. Yeah, oh, half of them. I mean, every star player in the NFL, like guys would have been getting cut left and right. Every team would have ended up with a huge amount of dead cap space, and then guys would have been signing for pennies on the dollar. It would have been ridiculous. Chaos. Completely untenable, which is why it didn't happen. What they ended up deciding was that the cap will be at least $175 million next year, which obviously is nowhere near $140 it's 35 million above that, but it's still 20 million below what it should be. It's dicey if you've got a 2021, you know, cap situation that uh, that you need to work out. Yeah, and the Chiefs were fine. They were right on the bubble for 2021 before this. Obviously, like they were, they had a little bit of room to work with, and now they're they're you know looking at 20 to 25 million over. That's not nearly as bad as some teams. The Saints. For example, I think are sitting at like 270. The Eagles are at like 300 million in cap for yeah. next year or something like yeah, that. There true. are some teams that are going to be in dire, dire, dire straits. But, you know, um, even last week when they had Chris Jones's conference, press conference, Brett Veach was asked about, you know, the potential of the cap going down. And he seemed completely unconcerned by it. And, you know, we talked about this last week, obviously. The the chiefs have the advantage of having their owner sit on the NFL finance committee. I think they probably had a pretty good idea. This was coming and it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily going to be 175 million. It could be more than that. It just will not be less than that. So, you know, the chiefs are probably already, you know, Brant Tillis, give Brant Tillis a year to figure out how to get down to $175 million. Uh You kidding me? Uh He's already figured it out. I mean, he's had like four days to figure it out. You can do it with $175. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's not forget that the Chiefs had $177 (laughs) 
this uh, year in cap space, and they added impossible. $500 million in the contracts. <laughs> so they'll be fine. You know, they're going to have to definitely move some money around, uh, whether that be with Chris Jones's deal. They could trade Chris Jones and clear almost all the money they need to clear just by trading him because he has yeah. no dead cap. His uh, deal is very um, favorable to a trade. Like it, yeah, it's all, it it's, it's, you know, I, I would love to see him work out the whole four years and I'm sure everyone else involved would, but if they need a parachute, he's a good first option. Yeah. That would give them obviously some options. Obviously we talked about Damien, unfortunately could be on the chopping block. LDT could be on the chopping block. They could save some money by cutting him. You know, they can find some money in the couch cushions if they need to. Uh, this will be a problem for every NFL team. You know, if you're, you know, if you were sitting at 175 million in cap space for next year, you weren't competitive this year, you know, like you weren't planning to compete next year. And now you're lucky that you're not going to get crunched by the cap, but it's going to be a really interesting off season. Fortunately, this is all tied to revenue. So if the NFL is able to pull this off, and this is obviously huge incentive for all the players and all the owners and all the support staff to collectively get their shit together and make sure we have a full season because if they can pull it off and we have a 16 game season, Taylor, it's not going to be $175 million. No, They're going to make an outrageous amount of money from their TV deals. Obviously they'll lose money from not having fans in the stadium and, you know, selling us $15 beers or whatever, but they're still going to make a lot of money back. If they can pull this off and they can have a full season, then you yeah, know, 175, situation. 175 feels like if worst case scenario and there's no season at all, they would still be at 175 right. for next year. That's like if no money is made between now and the start of next year, which clearly with so much money at stake doesn't feel like that's – I mean, I guess it's a possibility. It's just – it's one that is really hard for a lot of people to fathom right now. Um, the, the Colts, I did want to say, have $101 million in cap. In, in, in used cap next year. Uh, that's crazy. That is crazy. They're the lowest in the league. They yeah. always operate below the cap. Like I think Ballard always has about right. 20 million. That's like a Jim Irsay thing. Yeah. Uh, that they, they kind of are cheap by NFL standards. The Eagles were number one at 267. <laughs> I mean, they are going to, they're going to need to figure some stuff out. Um, let's talk about, the season and whether or not it's going to happen. This Speaking is sort of, of figuring been, stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. This has sort of been a, an uncomfortable hypothetical and now other sports are back. The NBA is tipping off tonight. It's going on as we speak, as we record this baseball uh, kicked off last week yeah. and immediately had some extremely serious problems. <sighs> Thanks to Florida team. The Miami Marlins. Like Florida, man. I get you. I get you. Yes. That's good. Yep. 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 So the Miami Marlins, Taylor, boy, they, uh, they had some positive COVID tests last week. How many? And uh, I think it was five initially. Was it five? Initially, five yeah. It's up to It was initially five or six. Seven days. They had five or six guys test positive, And they thought, well, what do we do about this? Because apparently baseball didn't tell them what to do. Like, <laughs> You know, like what happens? We never if we could get a, see yeah, yeah, like what happens if one of our guys tests positive? Apparently, there was no <laughs> protocol for that because then the Marlins decided that they were going to have a players meeting about it, and they met and they all gathered together and they said, mm, "What should we do about this?" And they decided to play the next day. Sure, so, the brightest minds in the world, the Miami Marlins. <laughs> I mean, 
you put it you put it nicely on Twitter. We got another past the diving Jeter moment <laughs> as uh, Marlon's owner, part owner Derek Jeter, had to put out a statement about that. I mean, it looked even worse when a couple of days ago they announced that no other baseball team has had a single positive test since right. they started play. Right. Just the Marlins who are now a runaway freight train of positive tests. You know, at first they were like, okay, we're going to put some guys on the COVID list. We'll call up some prospects. And then I, I, who could have predicted this, but this highly contagious disease is <laughs> still highly more, contagious. Yeah, It got more people infected and now yeah. they're not even playing games. They basically, the Marlins have been canceled for who knows how long. Well, and there was a lot of talk of, you know, because Florida is such a hotbed right now for the disease that that was a, uh, basically inevitability, but through all the contact tracing, it sounds like they got it in Atlanta in the, in one of their preseason before the, you know, before the regular season when they played in Atlanta and cause they hadn't been home since then. And it's just a very fluid situation. Um, obviously now the Phillies who the Marlins played during their positive outbreak, uh, the Phillies have had two, positive tests that just came in today, not players, but uh, one coaching staff member and one member of their travel team has tested positive. So they have postponed. They already pushed everything back until they were supposed to start their first game tomorrow and first game back in a couple days. And they have now postponed that series with the Jays uh, due to those two positive tests. The Blue Jays, meanwhile, who are waiting to play the Phillies <laughs> have no home because Canada won't let them play baseball games in Canada, which I am totally for. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's, you know, Canada's obviously doing the smart thing here. They should build a wall and keep America out, but they should. And so should Mexico. Uh, and so should Mexico. Everyone should build a wall and keep us out. Uh, but so the blue Jays were going to originally play. So one of their plans was to go to Pittsburgh and to share like 23 home dates with Pittsburgh. And then they, or sorry, they only, they only shared seven dates. So they were going to play 23 games in Pittsburgh, but then Pittsburgh denied the state of Pennsylvania denied the blue Jays. They said, we can't have any more risk of cases in our state. So then the blue Jays now have a minor league affiliate in Buffalo, but their stadium's not ready yet. So they have been, they were originally going to play games at home against the Yankees. And that series was switched to be at in New York because they can't play. Cause the Jays don't literally don't have a home stadium right now. It's been baseball, you know, they just, haven't had anything go right here. They didn't have the negotiations go right between the players and the owners. They didn't have the schedule go right. They didn't have obviously the testing for the Marlins. They didn't have anything in place for when people test positive, which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Like how the only thing this all hinges on is positive COVID tests. How do you not have a plan in place when people test positive? It's It's preposterous. It's it is preposterous. It is preposterous, dude. Uh, it is preposterous. And, you know, one thing that, I mean, this is obviously a huge black eye for baseball. It's, it looks just terrible, especially with the NBA pulling off the bubble successfully, yeah. tipping off, you know, we'll see how smoothly it goes from here, but they're doing it in Orlando, which obviously is a, a hot spot, a huge hot spot. Now they're having to do it with like a whole snitch patrol um, you know, keeping <laughs> yeah. people in their rooms so they can't go out for chicken wings or whatever. But Baseball's they're pulling it off, changing that to that as well. They're well, then, then they should. I, patrollers I mean, in every team hotel and everything like that. But I mean, it's too late. It's too late. If they want to rescue the season, I mean, they today decided they were going to start having double headers with seven inning games, which yeah, is like wild. it's not even it's not even baseball anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. But 
they have to do something because they bungled this from the start. And football, you know, the NFL is kind of like that kid in school, which was me, by the way, growing up, that like doesn't do any work until the day before the assignment is due. Oh, same. And then like totally pulls it off the last minute and gets an A anyway. Mm, you know, like not that they, part. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, was, B, I was with B's, you on the first part. <laughs> B's, A minuses, the occasional C in there. You know, like whatever. It, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. what it is. Um, right. But that's they're they're crammers. The NFL is a crammer and a procrastinator. And you know, like just this time last week, we were talking about how the NFL hadn't figured any of this stuff out, and then boom, they figured it all out. Like literally, as this episode was releasing, it's like, all right, we figured it all out. Yeah. Everything is figured out. They still have, you know, a handful of things to take over. But the positive news to take away from this debacle for baseball is that football can learn from this, and they have to learn from it they need to figure out where baseball went wrong, you know, and how they're going to prevent that from happening to them. Now, one big difference between football and baseball is that at least you don't have a football game every single day. So if a team gets COVID, you know, worst case scenario, you already have a week built in between every game and you could probably move around by weeks. Like I wonder if the NFL would consider, you know, maybe, if they could retool the schedule, you do have buys in there and you do have, you know, you have Thursday night games in there. They probably can't move those because of TV deals, but you know, they've got some, some built in space. And honestly, like if the NFL just wanted to give everybody a bye week, let's say they have an outbreak, they just tell all the teams to take a week off. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. They could do that a hmm. lot more easily than baseball could. Sure. I don't know whether that's really feasible for them, but they at least have the benefit of their games being more spread out. Now they also have the detriment of playing in contact sport where they have 50 Whoa. plus man rosters. Um, but you know, um, it is what it is. I mean, they, they're going to have to look at what the Marlins did and they're going to have to not do that. I'm glad that I think it is a, a blessing of sorts that uh, NFL players can look at what happened to the Marlins and realize that they don't want that. I mean, you know, there definitely are plenty of people, NFL players, because they're not very smart, which we're going <laughs> to talk about in the next segment. There definitely are NFL players that don't believe in coronavirus, right? They're people, and there are a sure. lot of people in this country that don't believe in coronavirus. Well, guess what? The Marlins just ruined baseball and their own season by being stupid and not following protocol and picking up coronavirus. And I mean, we just talked about it with the cap and everything else, their livelihoods, the players' livelihoods, this isn't like baseball where every contract's fully guaranteed, you know, like this is their livelihood. And if they screw this up for themselves or the rest of the league, you know, it's going to have a huge financial impact on them directly. You know, it's going to obviously affect their ability to compete for a championship, which the chiefs obviously are all in on. So I don't know. I, I hope the NFL uh, has an idea of what they're going to do. If something like this happens, there was a, uh, a little outbreak. There was some news in Buffalo today. The bills have had some positive tests and sent their rookies home. Right. But you know what? That's what they should be doing. So I, that was the responsible choice. Uh, we can talk about the COVID positives. That's not on our, our agenda here, but that's news that kind of was rolled out today was that players are going to start officially going on. We'll call it COVID IR for lack of a better word. Um, it's not a true IR spot. You know, they can come back whenever they don't have COVID anymore. But uh, as of right now, the Chiefs have not had anybody test except for there was one kind of practice squad back of the roster guy. Uh, I think that all the tests have probably come back by now. Um, 
Yeah, I would, I would sure think so. I mean, because we were the first team to test, right? And, you know, we've now heard uh, the Vikings have had a couple of guys test positive. The Packers today, Mason Crosby, their kicker, right. Jay Sternberger, their second year tight end, he tested positive. We've seen some some guys test positive, and the Chiefs so far have not had any uh, major announcements on that regard. So hopefully, hopefully they're doing well. Um, I have faith in the Chiefs. You know. It's so explicitly here for keeping everybody safe and keeping everybody healthy and, and keeping everyone on the, in the game plan, you know, I mean, some of these teams might not have a good grip on their players just based on leadership and based on where the team's at and everything, but the chiefs are such a whole organization right now from top to bottom that I, if there's anyone that can keep them afloat and keep them from testing positive and all that stuff, I mean, I feel pretty confident in where our guys are at with that. Yeah, I do too. And they just had uh, pressers today. I mean, Travis Kelsey was asked about it and said, you know, for some people wearing a mask is a matter of life and death. We're all taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire earlier this week, you know, his mother had COVID and uh, his sister has muscular dystrophy. So he said pretty much the same thing that wearing a mask for him is personal and it's a matter of life and death. So, you know, uh, good for them. They're taking it seriously. And obviously it sucks that much like the pandemic as a whole, you know, COVID isn't going to, it's not going to not affect the Chiefs just because the Chiefs are handling their business correctly. It's not entirely up to the Chiefs. It's not entirely up to any of us as individuals. You know, we can wear masks and we can social distance. And unfortunately, if other people don't accept the same responsibility, you know, um, we could end up with positive tests. We could end up not having a season. But Let's not talk about that. Let's not dwell on that. Let's dwell on something else. We have a new segment, Taylor, and this is inspired, as always, by our favorite show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This segment is called What Are We Hot About? And this is just an opportunity for us to get hot about whatever it is that we're hot about. And I got to tell you, we didn't record this last night because of something that you're hot about. Maybe we we can lead with that because I need a little bit of time to build the heat back up because of what happened last night. You guys all know what I'm talking about and I'm just, I'm, I'm getting it back, but tell us, tell us why we're recording on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. So my heat has been up for now about 48 hours because um, I woke up yesterday morning, the day that uh, first of all, I work from home. So got to, got to work on the job online. And then we normally record Wednesday nights. It's a very busy day for me. And my internet was saying it was not connecting. I did all my basic troubleshooting. I'm in IT. I know I know how to take care of most business there. And when that didn't work, I called my provider up, Earthlink. And yes, I know it's not 1996, but Earthlink is still a internet provider in these day and age. And uh, I called them up and they said that there was an outage in my area. Sit tight, couple hours, they're going to take care of it. Your internet's going to magically flip back on. No big deal. Uh-huh. Like, Sure, right, it's 2020. Cool. How could it be out for more than a couple it of hours? It can't be that hard. Right, exactly. I don't know what they do, but I know it's not hard. So they they tell me to sit tight after, you know, probably took a half an hour between on hold and transferring and all that stuff. Whatever. It's 9.30. I tell my boss, hey, my internet's down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the day off and wait for it to come back up. So I do nothing because I have no options without the internet. I mean, literally, you guys my life is tied into the World Wide Web. It was extremely difficult. I did have Twitter because my phone, so I'm just basically trolling Twitter for five hours. And around two o'clock, I'm going, all right, internet stopped back up. I haven't done anything today. I'm wasting away. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and call them up and see what the status is on this outage. 
So I call them up in an hour of, of transferring and the person who answers didn't know about the outage. And then they send me over to the tech support guy on the higher level, blah, 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 blah. And he says, oh yeah, I'm reading right here that they fixed the outage. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Because I still don't have the internet. And he's like, oh, well, just try restarting your box. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I know restart. Yeah, I did that. What next? And he's like, huh, well, that's strange. Um, I guess we're going to have to send a truck out. This was at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. Um, I'll be here all night. So whenever you can send him out. And he goes, how's two o'clock sound? And I was like, well, I mean, is he here right now? Should I look out the window? And he's like, no, two o'clock, <laughs> two o'clock tomorrow. I'm like, so it takes 24 hours to send somebody out. Yeah, that's my, that's my earliest available time. So now I go from 9 a.m. When, when it was out to 2 p.m. the next day, 29 hours Ugh. without internet. And oh, my God. It's 2020. That, that's 28 hours too long without the internet. Um, I'm extremely hot. Earthlink failed me super hard. They did not give me any money back on my account, despite me asking multiple times. You even actually brought them into the Twitter conversation. You tweeted Earthlink and many, many other Earthlink subsidiaries that were not related to Earthlink in any way. Yeah, it was a whole gag. It was a, it was a fun little caper. We started with Earthlink and then we went to Earthlinks, Colorado. Earthlings. And like I, at one point, <laughs> Earthlings movie. Yeah. At one point I tagged at Earth. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. funny. It was, it was yeah, a yeah. very funny bit. But uh, for the, the two or three people that happened to see that pop up in their feed, they really enjoyed it. Um, but, but we did it. get Earthlink. They, they DM'd me. They said, what can I, what can I do to help? And um, fix my I, internet. I gave them a piece of my mind. So I'm, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I've been real hot about it. I'm kind of like out of energy of being hot about it by now because it's been so long. Uh, it's been, you know, 36 hours since I haven't, since I lost the internet. But uh, the moment you said, let's do a segment on what we're hot about, the first thing that came to my mind was Earthlink. Screw well, that. listen, Taylor, I get that your energy has subsided and mine had subsided, but now I am very hot again. Working yourself up. And we are going to talk about the NFL 100 Ugh. because because we have to talk about it. I get that it doesn't matter. Listen, guys, listen, I know that it does not matter. And I know that it's stupid. <laughs> and I know that it's pointless. And I know that we won the Super Bowl. And I know that none of this matters. It still has me very heated. It had me extremely heated. If you were, if you were watching my Twitter feed last night, go follow me at Real Bird Lawyer. If you don't, you probably do. Uh, go, go check that out. But I'm telling you, this was... This was insane. So, you know, this was kind of a nice little treat. Obviously, we won the Super Bowl, so it wasn't like it wasn't like a huge deal. But this is a really fun thing that came out of last year. That video, you know, Pat was number four last year. This is a voting thing. The players get ballots and they vote. Okay, so obviously it doesn't mean anything because the players are dumb dumbs and dumb. they vote for their friends and they vote for themselves. Jair Alexander. Okay, <laughs> they they but but you know how could it not have been Pat this year? Right. And so we got to the top 10. I, I don't even want to talk about where everybody else finished, even though some of those are ridiculous too. Mitchell Schwartz didn't even make the honorable mentions. He was not in the top Ugh. 110. Ugh. Leonard Fournette was in the top 110. <laughs> yeah. Todd Gurley was in the top 110. No, Todd Gurley was 51. Todd Gurley was 51. I know. I'm just saying he was in the top 110 oh, well, sure. in the middle at yeah. 51. Right. Ahead of Mitchell Schwartz, who was at least 111. Ahead of Chris Jones. He was ahead of Chris Jones, who was 52nd. Yes, I know that that I'm, that got me that got me heated. I'm back. Got me heated. heated. It got me heated. But when Patrick Mahomes was announced, 
at number one where he deserves? No. At, oh, at number so two. two. Oh, yeah, two. Okay. Because behind Don- Aaron Donald. Yeah, right. That greatest defensive player, maybe of all time. Right. No, it was a number two. Huh. Well, who, who else could they have put ahead of him? Because, I mean, there's only Aaron Donald and I mean, I, I don't know, somebody like, I don't know, who else? Justin Tucker, the greatest kicker in the NFL. I don't Fair. know. Maybe they maybe they were going nuts with that. I don't know. <laughs> no. Number no. four, QB three. Mm. Okay. Mm. Not, not, not just behind Russell Wilson. All right, mind you. Listen, we love Russell Wilson on this podcast. We do. Russell Wilson is a great player. We're going to talk about him in our little mini mailbag segment. I love Russell Wilson. He's a great player. He succeeds in spite of a Philistine for head coach <laughs> who understands defense but does not understand offense at all. No. But Lamar Jackson was number one, Taylor, and Mm. Patrick Mahomes was number four. Mm. And I got to tell you, listen, I like Lamar Jackson. Me too. I like him as a person, and I like him as a player. Me too. What I do not like is him stealing the shine off of the greatest quarterback to ever live, the greatest human to ever live, Patrick Mahomes. And that is what happens when something like this happens. And then – Ravens fans. Oh my God, Taylor. Ravens fans are crazy. Now, listen, I know in my heart of hearts that Ravens fans are broken up about what happened to them. They lost to the Titans. Lamar is 0-2 in the playoffs. They know this. Mm -hmm. But when something like this happens and the players vote for him as number one, the number one player in the NFL, you knew that the trolls were going to be out in force. Sure. And if I could give myself a superpower, it would be to not care about what trolls are saying on the internet. I know that what they're saying doesn't matter. It still made me very, very angry. Yeah, okay. it, the, the whole situation is just mind-numbing for a couple reasons. Number one, yeah, Lamar was the reigning MVP. But do you remember last year when the reigning MVP was picked fourth? So I like, do! And, and, and Lamar hasn't done anything in the playoffs, as you said. He, Patrick Mahomes won a playoff game. <laughs> he won a playoff game last year and the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't get these players that first of all, first of all, the whole list needs to be thrown out for many reasons. But number one is that these players are not judging each other accordingly. They are not ranking. They're ranking their buddies, like you said, with Jair Alexander and other. Oh my God! Okay, well, let, let me just give some context on this Jair Alexander thing. Okay. okay, I've got some photos here. I've been able to track down some ballots. I just want to give you an idea of what what some of these ballots look like, like how we can have this outcome occurring. So there's a this this is a screen grab from the broadcast, and here is a ballot, and you can see the top eleven players, and they are listed as follows: Number one, Russell Wilson. Number two, Aaron Donald. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Mm. That's dumb. All right, but surely we're going to see Patrick Mahomes in here somewhere. Number four, Zadarius Smith, (laughs) who is very very good. All right, don't get me wrong. Zadarius Smith is very good. I just saw an advanced pass rush win metric where he was the most impactful player last year rushing the passer. Or, uh, yeah, but. Yeah, he came in at 48th, by the way. Yeah, number four on this ballot. Uh, number five, Stephon Gilmore. Number six, Aaron Rodgers. So we're up to three quarterbacks on here that are not named Patrick Mahomes. Number seven, Preston Smith, the other pass rusher for the Packers. Who came in? Number eight, Jair Alexander, <laughs> cornerback for the Packers. And I, listen, I know who Jair Alexander is. I didn't have to Google him, but he was not on the top 100 list. No. So I'm pretty sure Jair Alexander, I'm pretty sure this is his ballot. It's either 
his ballot or Preston Smith's ballot. They are listed seventh and eighth on this ballot. They appear nowhere else in the top 100. Number nine was Drew Brees. Number 10 was George Kittle. Number 11 is Richard Sherman. There's, there's 11 players listed on this 20-player ballot, Taylor, that was filled out by one of these two Packers. And Patrick Mahomes is not even mentioned on there a single time. Let me read you Marlon Humphrey's ballot just for part of it, okay? Because Cornerback for the Ravens. Yes, and Marlon Humphrey – now listen, this is this is Marlon Humphrey's ballot. And this just gives you an idea of what what this process is like for NFL players, okay? Uh, number one, he writes Lamar Jackson, and then he writes in the margins, or Marlon Humphrey. <laughs> so funny. we're off to a good start. Right. <laughs> number two, Michael Thomas. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. Those are the best wide receiver, arguably, and the best running yeah, back in the NFL. Sure. So He's whatever. I mean, that's, that's dumb, but fine. Uh, number four, Drew Brees. <laughs> okay. It's 2020, all right? right? This is not 2019, mind you. This is 2020. Uh, number five, Stephon Gilmore. He gets a lot of <laughs> love. Defensive player of the year. Number six, Derrick Henry, who, by the way, made the top ten in the actual one as well, which, like, did people watch football before the second <laughs> half of last year? I know. I don't know. Number seven, Julio Jones. Number eight, Bobby Wagner, who, who certainly is very good, but, like, one, he's not as good as he used to be. And number two, he's a linebacker. Like, okay. Uh, Sha- Shaquille Barrett. Another good player who who had a lot of sacks. I think he led the league in sacks last year. Uh, Shaquille Barrett is ahead of Aaron Donald, who comes in at number ten on this oh, ballot. Oh no! Yeah, behind Stephon Gilmore and Bobby Wagner and Shaquille Barrett. Oh, that's uh, bad. The fourth, the fourth best defensive player in the league. Oh, and and if you count Marlon Humphrey, who uh, put himself as an alternate for number one. Uh, number eleven, DeAndre Hopkins. Number twelve, Ronnie Staley. Or uh, Ronnie hero Ronnie Stanley. Isn't it Staley? Uh-huh. I, anyway, uh, number 13, Teron Matthew. So we got a chief on there. Uh, number 13, you know, a fellow defensive back. Uh, number 14, Travis Kelsey. And here at number 15, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the third chief on his ballot. So wow. he apparently thinks that Patrick Mahomes is the third best player on, on the Chiefs. Um, he goes and on also, it sounds player. like he just thought of the Chiefs and then wrote down three chiefs. Yeah, three names in a row. He's like... Uh, oh, who's on the Chiefs that's good? Yeah, oh, my guy, yeah. Honey Badger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah, Pat. Yeah, my guy, Trav. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's Nick Chubb, Chandler Dones, Marcus Peters, another teammate, uh, George Kittle, and Luke Keekley. Uh, he did He did write on here, he, he, like, drew some arrows. He wrote Switch. It's an incomprehensible ballot. Right. But that just gives you an idea of what this whole process Paint is like. Chad's it's, everywhere. It's asinine, okay? It's asinine. And it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. But listen, uh, there's one person who took note of this, and that is Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) who wrote down the notepad with the pencil, taking some notes. That was the tweet. That was the whole tweet. That was his only response to it. And I got to tell you. you, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go. If the Chiefs were smart, since they know this list means nothing, they probably should have told everybody to tank Pat. And to, to pick him low or to make sure <laughs> one or to make, I mean, you know, sure. maybe get some money in people's hands. Maybe they told all of the chiefs to fill it out and not put Pat on the ballot. And maybe with Pat, without the chiefs, Pat would have been number one, but then because 50 guys filled it out with nobody on it, then it drops him before. Like and the, all they've done is make the one person in the NFL who you don't want mad, mad. That's what, that's what this has done. That's the, what it is no extra motivation and and he just got it in you know heaps and bounds it's it's a it it's such a fun 
idea to think of what Pat Mahomes mad at the NFL looks like, because boy, it's going to be the more mad he is, the more fun we're going to have. I tell you, Taylor, I, I just want to make one final point on this. And then we've got like a little mini mailbag segment that we'll close out with. Sure. I, I saw some tweets that suggested or implied that Patrick Mahomes was not, and in fact, should not be feel slighted by this, that he should, you know, he knows he's the best player in the NFL and he should just say, who cares? This is stupid. Uh, listen, that's not how the great ones operate. No. If you watch the last dance that there were a lot of memes. I saw this joke a thousand times and every time I thought it was funny and great. And I popped a like on there every time they, the screen cap of Michael Jordan <laughs> saying, and I took that personally. <laughs> this time was personal. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, listen, it, he should be pissed off by that. These are his peers. Yeah. He's, uh, listen, they're, they are CTE addled idiots who are <laughs> themselves and their right. teammates. Right. Okay. Like it's a joke, but it's a popularity contest and he should win a popularity contest. He should. And he is the best player in the NFL. Yep. And he should feel slighted that they didn't vote for him to be the best player in the NFL. And he's done nothing but be great to all of his teammates and all of his opponents and all of it. You know, he is, he has not given anyone one reason not to respect everything that he has done on and off the field. And like you said, it's a popularity contest. And if Lamar got to number one after one season, why didn't Pat get to number one after one season in 18 that was better than Lamar's 19? It was it, it, the whole balance of, of power there just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, if, if he wants to use this, he's already got the MVP. He's already got the $500 million. He's already got the Super Bowl. He's gotten everything. He's got a new could, Ferrari. He's, he's got, got a, a new Ferrari. Team. Exactly right. He bought a baseball team. Like the guy <laughs> is on top of the world and anything he can reach into and dig deep and find some reason to go out there and be pissed off at everybody is great. And if this is what that happens, if this is what does, you know, the only time he's been ranked number four on this list, he won the Super Bowl. So like, let's just keep that up. Let's do it. Well, Taylor, we've got some mailbag questions. God, we are not cool doing down. an official. Well, we're, we'll, we'll cool down. We, we, we actually probably shouldn't have let off with this one from Corey uh, because this, <laughs> right. one will, this one will get us hot again. Right. Uh, but uh, thank you for everybody that submitted questions. You guys can always slide into our DMS or at us. And we just keep a Google doc kind of a running doc. We, uh, we didn't call for mailbag questions. These are just our faithful followers who have written in. And speaking of <laughs> that, before we get into the mailbag, I just want to say best wishes to our bird of war, Brian Lefebvre, yes. who is hospitalized with COVID right now. Yes. So, uh, Brian, we are thinking about you. Um, you did tweet at me today, and I guess uh, he said he was doing better. So we're happy to hear that. Uh, just want to say once again, COVID is real. Wear your masks, social distance, please, or else people are going to die. We're not going to have a football season. We're not going to get to see Patrick Mahomes this year. And honestly, if you can't, if you can't motivate yourself to that, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Listen, right. like if you, can't, if you can't take it seriously for the sake of having another opportunity to watch Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl, you're not a Chiefs fan. Stop listening to the podcast. Bye -bye. Unsubscribe. Bye-bye. See ya. All right. Our first question comes from our friend, Corey, the artist chief. Question for the podcast. Who is more insane, flat earthers or people who think Mahomes is a system quarterback and are those people one and the same? Taylor, this one. you want to handle this one. this one? Yes. So the answer here is flat earthers by far. And I say this is one of the biggest Mahomes proponents on the planet, obviously. Of course. So Mahomes does play in an amazing system. If you say that he is a system quarterback, you know, 
that that implies a lot of different things. Uh, he's also amazing on his own, which is what makes this whole entire thing with he and Andy Reid so effective. Uh, the evidence that flat earthers are wrong is just innumerable. There's there's more evidence of that than almost anything else there is. Uh, it can be proven through observation. It's been proven over and over again for decades. So you can't really prove the system quarterback people wrong. It's an opinion, even though it's insulting to Mahomes and a terrible opinion. But Corey, opinions can be wrong, by the uh, way. They can absolutely, but flat they earthers teach you that they can't be, but they can be. They absolutely can be wrong all the time. Flat earthers are more insane because it's just a completely asinine logic. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, I do think that there are some people who are flat earthers who also think Mahomes' system could be that. Ah, yes. That it was the yes. second part of the question, and I do yes. think that there is probably some overlap there. But yeah. I agree with you. Flat earthers are amongst the most insane people that exist Which in the world. Which is a really high bar to clear. Well, it certainly is because it's 2020, and boy, it just Oof. gets crazier every day. Oof. We've got from one from our man Josh at True Green Thumb. Will Patrick Mahomes lose a game in September this year? Or ever, LOL. <laughs> so this is a great question, Josh. We appreciate you writing in. Pat is uh, currently... By the way, I know I'm just interrupting you. Josh is a bird of war. I don't know if I ever officially gave him that last time. Uh, well, but welcome to the birds of war, been, Josh. He's been hitting up the pot a lot lately. We appreciate all the kind yeah, things Yeah, spreading the word. Josh, yeah. Kaka, welcome, buddy. And let that be a lesson to you because once upon a time, like two months ago, Josh and I got in a heated argument over music. He is a musician and uh, he basically was being a snob. Love you, Josh. And I blocked him (laughs) or he blocked me, one or the other. But you know what? It's fine. We worked out our differences and uh, now he's a big proponent of the podcast. Um, So big, big uh, shout out to you, Josh. Uh, Appreciate you having the follow and writing in. So to answer your question, will Patrick Mahomes lose a game in September? He's currently 8-0 in September. That's counting one game on October 1st. That was the Monday night game in Denver in 2018. It was played on October 1. So essentially a September game. Uh, so 8-0. He's never lost a game in September. 7-0 if you want to be very technical. Andy, since 2017, is 12-0 in September, mm. counting that one October game. With the Chiefs, he's 21-7. and And with the Eagles, he was 31-25. and So, you know, in the last – seven or eight years since he arrived in Kansas city, Andy is, he doesn't lose in September. And there's a lot of narrative reasons why that could be the case. I mean, obviously the big one is that Andy comes out with wild stuff every year. Like, you know, the first four or five games, he's running new stuff, new scheme, new plays, and the league takes some time to catch up to him. Now the narrative prior to Pat getting into town was that after the first four or five games, the league does catch up with them and they figure him out. And, you know, that's why the Chiefs swoon in the middle of the year and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. That doesn't really bear itself out. But the part about the Chiefs winning a lot in September does bear itself out. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. Pat doesn't lose in September ever. Um, this year is going to be a really tough year. <laughs> they start with Houston. Then they go to the Chargers, to the Ravens. And then they have New England at home, which obviously got a little bit easier maybe with the, the Patriots defense choosing to opt out. Always the, tough. The, the whole defense. But always tough to go against Belichick. Uh, but until it happens, Josh, I I will believe it when I see it. And I don't think I'm going to see it for a while. They certainly are not going to lose the first two. I think um, at Baltimore would be the one this year that you've circled that say, you know, um, they're a good football team. You know, the Chiefs can lose games to good football teams occasionally. So uh, so we'll see. I will only say this. I, I know I'm a big Chiefs homer, I guess you would say. Yeah, you know. I think the Chiefs are set up to go undefeated. And whether that 
whether COVID rears its ugly head and changes that or does any type of, you know, can't, can't foresee things that are not planned right now. But if a 16 game schedule were played in normal circumstances this year, I think the chiefs win them all. So I'm going to include September in that run. Sure. Sounds great. Right. You want to take this next one? Yes. So Jordan, uh, Jordan Scarin, Appreciate you at MRJ1128. Uh, he loves the latest mailbag. He said, the question about replacing movies with Chiefs players had me rolling and got me thinking. That was a great question last time, by the way. Um, I know you cast Sonny with Chiefs players, and he loved the country Mac as Mahomes. Yeah, I would it was love a the- great casting choice. <laughs> it was. Good job, you. I would love to hear your most realistic take or ridiculous take of casting The Nightman Cometh with Chiefs players. So... Um, I can definitely, or he said, I can definitely imagine Sammy being Charlie and Nightman Cometh descending from high to tell us his ridiculous life story. Y'all can keep making this year a little bit sunnier and I appreciate all the work you do on Twitter and on the pod. We appreciate you for listening, Jordan. So thank you for that shout out. Um, so I love Sammy as the day man. I think that one has got to stick as soon as he said that I can't get that out of my head. That's, you know, Sammy singing i was that little boy that little baby <laughs> boy was, was me. me i once was a boy but now no, i am a man, man. um uh, so yeah that was great playoff sammy that's what he's singing he's saying i once was a boy but now i'm a man you know he's kind sure. of grown into his role and so that i i love that casting jordan and with respect to you i will keep that <laughs> the same uh i think a great toll troll would be frank clark not only because he's also named Frank, but because he would definitely get people to pay the toll. Oh, my God, he would. Hey, uh, Frank, some people said they wouldn't pay the toll. Who? Who? <laughs> Frank's the best. I think, that would, uh, I think that would play extremely well. He'd get the tongue waggle going and all that fun stuff. Um, so then we have Tiny Boy, Little Boy, Baby Boy, <laughs> baby I Need boy. You. So that's going to be Clyde. Got to go with the rookie in that one. Now that Damien opts out, we actually do need Clyde. Baby boy, I need you. We do need you. So uh, if you only knew <laughs> you, if I was that boy, that's inside of you. God, it's the best musical of all time. Clyde Edwards Hilaire as tiny boy, little boy, baby boy. And then uh, finally, for the night man, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Uh, I can okay. totally see yep. him popping his cat eyes in, doing karate moves across the stage. You know, laughs are cheap. He's going for gasps. So, like, that's that whole situate i don't see many people in in the chiefs having the gravitas to play the night man that did true. such a a just a great up and down performance there that i think travis is the only one that could pull that off yeah he's definitely got uh some dramatic chops i mean he was on you know he had his own tv show so right he could definitely right. definitely pull that off i heard by the way, by the way yeah, yeah. Travis, Travis and Kayla broke up. RIP uh, that relationship. Stop. Newly single Travis Kelsey. So yeah, for the ladies sure that listen to our podcast, and I know there are at least a couple of you, <laughs> you know, you can uh, maybe slide in his DMs. I have been worried, though, by the way, Taylor, just as an aside, that to me seems like the most likely path to a team getting infected with COVID. Ooh. The guys who are single and are yeah, calling, up, calling up the ladies. It's a long season. Okay. All right. Great but point. listen, guys, fellas, you got the money. Pay to get those ladies COVID tested. Before you. All right. <laughs> That's Just, good. You know, like stick, them, stick them with the nose test, whatever it is. Trav, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm talking to you, buddy. <laughs> just just pay to get them tested, all right? You know, Man. use protection. 
Yeah. Practice safe social distancing. <laughs> yeah, I laughed when I saw all the stuff about, you know, wearing a mask during sex. Okay, but I I see the application now. All sure. right? right. We need to have a football season. You got to go, you know, take care of your business, gotta handle set your business. Some stuff aside. Yep. As our boss Josh Briscoe likes to say, <laughs> uh just just uh use your test. Be safe. That's good. We got another one from Jordan. Uh, another question for the pod to ponder with the recent purchase of part ownership of the Royals. Uh, let's be honest, pretty much full ownership. Right. How soon do we see something in the complex named after Mahomes? What would you name after Mahomes? As always, hashtag flock. Yeah. Flock. You guys yeah. Been following, following our search for a hashtag for the birds of war. Uh, our friend Corey tried <laughs> to stick us with a St. Louis Cardinals hashtag. Time to fly. We Time to fly, it. which we loved until we found out it was a Cardinals hashtag. <laughs> That was not appropriate. I do really like Flock Yeah, which I comes from our man Bam Bam. But unfortunately, I just realized yesterday that that's like pretty close to a Ravens thing, which is Flock Up. So <sighs> oh, like no. I've soured on it a little bit. I still like it. I still like it. But I do. As There's soon as Flock Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. As man, soon they as flock I. Up all the time. We do flock, yeah. I'm and the problem, yeah. It only became a problem. This is why I was so hot last night. It only became a problem. I was like, God, Ravens fans exist, and they really pissed me off. Like mm-hmm. I had gone weeks without being triggered by Ravens fans on the internet, and then last night they unzipped me. I, it all came apart. <laughs> anyway, um, people are weird about naming things after living and non-retired persons. That's uh, true. The only exception I could really think of was Bill Snyder family stadium in Kansas state, you know, but obviously he was a legend. He was basically dead when they did that. (laughs) Yeah. And then he came back and coached some more and somehow was still alive. Shout out to Bill Snyder living right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think eventually the entire complex is going to be named after Pat. Like (laughs) how could it not be, you know, the sports complex. That's good. Uh, Maybe the entire town. Yeah. No, I stopped there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and exactly. Why stop there? I mean, it could sky's sky's limit, but, uh, it's hard to say how long the complex is going to be there. We've got all these rumors floating around lately that the Royals, which Pat is now a part owner of, will maybe move downtown. That might be a good opportunity. Tom Martin have, said it know, was a slam dunk, that it was he, definitely happening. He did say that, and he does have some connections. So um, it's possible that uh, that could be in the cards for the Royals. But I think, I mean, that would be great. You know, I would be sad to see Kaufman go. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about that. But if Kaufman had to go, going so that we could create more parking at Arrowhead would be a worthy endeavor. <laughs> I don't want to sound crass. I don't want to sound crass because I love Kaufman. I've yeah. got a lot of good memories Me there. Too. And it's a beautiful stadium. Beautiful stadium. And I would cry so hard if it ever got demolished. Which it would. But, you know, parking at Arrowhead's a disaster. They're probably going to turn that into like a mall. Like a yeah. like a entertainment center where people yeah. can go before and after they see the number one team of all time and all that stuff. But you know, the Royals will have a really nice place in downtown Mahomes city to set up. So I mean, I wonder if they could rebrand the crown on crown vision as like Mahomes hair. You think they could do that? That's pretty good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, When I was talking about this on Twitter, just engaging with some of our fans about this question, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, maybe putting some, some hair sculptures on top of buildings, top of buses, just going nuts with it. Uh, I slipped in a Mahomes city there and it felt real good. I'm yeah, on. I see. I just rolled right off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, it did. Like, really like, like the it way. Belonged. Yeah, I like the way that that sounds. We got a question from Justin Orrell. 
Uh, question for the pod. What do you all make of the dynasty talk? We all know it's happening, but should the players be talking about it? Chris Jones is already talking five plus rings and I don't know if I love it or if it's talking about a no hitter in the second. Uh, first of all, let's nip that in the bud because <laughs> jinxes are not real. No. Uh, Taylor and I are in a baseball fan group on Facebook and back when we cared about baseball, one of the things <laughs> that we really enjoyed doing was just talking about no hitters. Nonstop. Perfect game. Nonstop. Yeah. yeah. Like if somebody made it through three innings, it's like, Hey, this guy's throwing a no hitter. We do not <laughs> believe in jinxes. Uh, obviously whenever somebody throws a no hitter, someone in the world is talking <laughs> about it. Right. And yet no hitters still happen. Therefore jinxes are not real. Now I get that, that athletes are very superstitious. It is what it is, but I personally love the dynasty talk. They asked Mahomes this question the other day, and, I mean, his answer was exactly what I would say about it, which is, you know, it shows that the guys are confident and that they want to be here for a long time, which I think is the – that is like a tangible thing to take away from Chris Jones saying he wants to win five-plus rings. He's going to have to be here for the entirety of the next contract plus at least one more year if he wants more than five. You know, I I just think – I mean, the the confidence is – you know, it started when we brought in guys like Tyron and Frank and they backed it up. I mean, listen, if you're going to talk and back it up, that just makes you the coolest dude king shit in sports. So <laughs> right, right. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I am too. I feel like it's, it's a, almost a requirement of a dynasty like run is to be able to go out there every day and know that you're the best and to not be afraid to speak it into existence, to say it to the media, to say it to other teammates or, or other opponents or anything like that. You have to, in an alpha dog world that the NFL is, you have to be the alpha dog of alpha dogs. You have to be able to assert your will and all that type of stuff. And that includes not being afraid of something that doesn't exist, which is jinxing. And if Chris Jones wants to go out there and say, we're going to win five rings. I mean, that just shows where his mindset is. And I love that mindset. And I think it's absolutely needed in this situation. I'm all for it. Our next one is from uh, newly inducted Bird of War, Bam Bam 8109. Kaka! Welcome Congratulations, to Bam Bam. I would also like to mailbag in a question. Rumor has it uh, a fan or maybe fans have stated that they would drink Brett Veach's bathwater. Where do you stand on this topic? Huh. Uh, I have heard those rumors. Same. And fans are definitely going berserk for Brett Veach out there. <laughs> the chick is uh, berserk. I I would be lying if I said that giving the opportunity I would pass on drinking the bathwater because I think there's like a 5% chance that it would give me actual superpowers. Yeah, and that's fair. That's something that you can't say no to. Now, I I hope, you know, I mean, there's nothing in the bathwater that's going to kill me, you know, if Brett's got the COVID or something like that. But I, I, I mean, you know, why not take, why not take that chance? I believe that if I drank the right bathwater, I could potentially, through an X-Men type genetic mutation, create the ability to bend steel. So that is, I, I agree with this. I think that uh, Brett Veach can do no wrong, and that includes consuming his bathwater. We got a question here from Vitamin J. He's been doing Ta-ta! some reading. He's been doing some reading online, which is always dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And he believes that birds are actually government robots. And he confronted me about this. Hmm. I believe, or I think we need a response from you on the next mailbag to this. If birds aren't real, then what exactly kind of a lawyer are you? A government planted one. I rest your case, my honor. First of all, do I think some birds are actually robots living among us? No, technology doesn't exist yet. But if birds were robots, Taylor, I would happily represent them because robots are smarter than people. I am afraid of AI killing us. But honestly, at this point, 
I don't think they could do a worse job than we're doing. So bring on <laughs> the robot overlords. I hope the birds uh, lift us out of this insane situation that is 2020 uh, in the human earth that we have here. Yikes. Uh, we got one from OUSAS, our man, Andrew Whiteside, another one of our birds of war. Uh, podcast questions. Pat's TD interception ratio is about five to one for both 2018 and 2019. Is this ratio sustainable for his career? Side note, would love to hear you contextualize him on this and how he compares to other QBs. That is an exceptionally high ratio. So Rogers is the current career leader and his touchdown interception ratio is 4.33. So 4.33 touchdowns for every interception. There are 48 single seasons with a touchdown to interception ratio above 4.0. So four Jeez. touchdowns for every interception. That's minimum 200 attempts, which is pretty low. Uh, 33 of those 48 have come since 2010. Wow. So, so prior to 2011, 33, 15. or yeah, since 2011, 2011 and after 33, yeah. 2010 and before the entire history of the NFL prior to 20, 2011, 15. Wow. The first guy to do it, by the way, was Steve DeBerg, Chiefs quarterback in 1990. And the second person to do it, by the way, was also a Chiefs quarterback. 2006 Damon Heward no way crazy, right uh so the first the first two players in NFL history to pull 2006, that off 2006 Damon Heward had a touchdown to interception ratio above four above five actually I, wow. I skipped my notes here so there have been 26 seasons above 5.0 wow and all but one of them have happened since 2006 but the first one was Steve DeBerg in 1990 and the second one was 2006 Damon Heward so <laughs> Uh, pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> pretty strange how the universe works, right? Um, Pat Mahomes did it last year. Uh, we know that interception rates are rapidly dropping. That doesn't seem likely to change. Just the way that NFL offenses are designed, where they scheme up, you know, safer throws. And then, you know, Pat, obviously, even when he's making dangerous throws, they're safe uh, because he's just, he's that good. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible for Pat to end up with a career number that high because, you know, now that we've seen we've seen 26 individual seasons you pat entered the league at a good time because guys like breeze and brady and rogers kind of split the gap a little bit roethlisberger and rivers too kind of split the gap a little bit where you know their their early parts of their careers the league was not as pass efficient as it is now sure so they have put up some incredible numbers in the latter part of their career when their physical skills have actually diminished Whereas Pat has come in with his physical skills, obviously at their peak already and being able to, he hasn't even begun to peak. That's accurate. But physically, I mean, he probably hasn't begun. He probably hasn't become to peak physically. Let's let's be honest. The peak of everyone else. He's going to be getting above the pile. He's already around 5.0 for his career and he's going to get better. I mean, Mm -hmm. Breeze, Rogers, Brady have all posted some of their best touchdown interception ratios in the past five years as, you know, veteran quarterbacks, which makes sense. I mean, you know, we want to take a walk down narrative street. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't, you don't make mistakes. So um, yeah, I think it's possible, which is crazy to say, but I think, I think it's possible. I agree. Uh, He had another question, two QBs in NFL history have beaten every single team in the NFL, which QB will be next to join both QBs to do it are already retired bonus. If we know them. So my guess without looking it up was going to be Farvin Manning. Absolutely. They, it, I mean, two guys that won 
the you know they're in the top three in wins i i believe both of them are and they switch teams which is you know you got to win a punch yep, that's and you, you got to beat the team that you did a bunch of that winning with so Favre, obviously when he left the packers a couple times he was both a jet and a viking which is crazy yeah. Yeah, and then, and a division rival of the Packers, which right, and then Manning obviously becoming a Bronco. Um, looks like have you verified that it is those two? It is those two, and it actually is three now. So uh, this this trivia is a little outdated, Andrew. I'm, I'm disappointed. You're gonna have to update your trivia <laughs> archives. It includes Drew Brees now. Drew Brees uh, did it Charger last year. And, he yeah. he joined that list last year. Does so that mean he the, beat the Chargers last year. He must have been. He must have. Yeah, I think he did. That actually. would have been the only team that would have been not on his list. So okay. Right. So, uh, yeah, so so Breeze, Favre, and Manning have done it. Uh, Joe Montana and Fran Tarkenton, according to Reddit, beat every team that they could during their careers, which was 28. So they obviously also had a lot of wins, changed teams. So the next QB to do it is obviously not going to be Patrick Mahomes. No, because he's he'll never do life. it. He'll never do it because he'll never beat the Chiefs. He will beat the other 31 teams in the NFL over and over and over and over Beat them on their heads, yeah. But he will never beat the Chiefs because he's going to be a Chief for life. So the next quarterback to do it – so Brady only needs to beat the Patriots, Mm -hmm. but they don't play them until next year, and that's going to be his only chance to do it. And it actually – I believe it's – well, yeah, that's true. But he'd have to get through – the Patriots would have to get through us for that to happen, which – I was kidding, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so he only needs to beat the Patriots, but they don't play them until next year when Brady will be 44. Jeez, yeah. And uh, 43, 44. He's a 42 lot. now, right? He'll, he'll he's, be old. He's he'll super be old. old. As, yeah, he'll be old he'll, as fuck. Yeah. Um, and I think they play at New England. So basically Brady, if you think Brady is going to be the guy to do it, he's going to have to stick around until next season, which he is under contract through next year. And then he's going to have to win the one game he plays the Patriots. 1-0. Belichick versus Brady, legacy on the line in Foxborough. Uh, Belichick's going to beat him. Yeah, that's what it breaks off. I mean, yeah, he's going to beat the breaks off him. He's going to embarrass Tom Brady. Uh, Honestly, I wish we could fast forward to that game because now that I'm thinking about it, I just can't wait. Like it'll be so much fun to see Belichick like beat. He's going to try to beat Brady like a hundred to nothing. It's going to be great. Here's the other Uh, deal, too, is the Chiefs are going to be back-to-back Super Bowl champs by then, so Belichick's going to see the writing on the wall that his grip on the top of the NFL has has slipped him, and he's just going to let it all out on Tom Brady. That's true. Uh, So Big Ben only needs the Steelers. That seems pretty unlikely because he'd have to leave and some other team would have to make him the starter. doesn't seem like it. Rivers still needs the Chargers, and he also needs the Panthers, who he's against. He's been around forever. Yeah, he's been around forever, but he's never beaten the Carolina Panthers. 0-3 against them? Yes, they have beaten him all three times. The Colts do not play uh, either of them this year or next year, so he's not going to do it unless he sticks around for three years. I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers needs the Packers, obviously, and the Steelers. They do play – the Packers play the Steelers next year, and I think he sticks around for at least one more year, but he obviously is not going to be there forever because they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Right. Uh. Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to pull a Brett Favre. And as soon as he's cut by the Packers, which I think will be after 2021, I don't think they're going to be ready to hand the reins to Jordan Love after one COVID season for him sure. you know, to redshirt. But after 2021, when they cut him, he is for sure signing with the Vikings or the Bears or the Lions, all three of whom do not have settled quarterback situations for the next several mm. years. And he is going to stick it to Green Bay. There are a lot of scores that he has to settle with the Packers. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be my choice for that one. Uh, next question is from our guy, BM Bear, at McSwag Analty. Appreciate you, Bird of War. Ka-ka! 
uh, he said, question for the pod, where does the notion that any QB could succeed or be just as good as Mahomes with Casey's offense come from? I think there's only two quarterbacks you can make that argument for, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That's the list. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I I would eliminate – 2020 Rogers. Listen, 2015 Rogers. He was Grade A prime beefcake. 2020 <laughs> Rogers, His however, <laughs> is in decline. All right, his bird quit, and unfortunately, uh, it is no longer legit. legit. But listen, Aaron Rodgers in his prime for sure uh, would be able to step in and do probably 99% of what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Uh, Aaron, I, I mean, Russell Wilson, I think for sure could. I mentioned earlier we're both huge fans of Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. It's weird to me, obviously, this he sent us this question in the last 24 hours when this whole debacle of Lamar Jackson being ranked ahead of Patrick Mahomes came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are Ravens fans that are like, oh, just imagine if Lamar Jackson had the weapons that Kansas City has. Okay, listen, if a quarterback was going to exceed, meet or exceed Patrick Mahomes' production in Kansas City, they have to at least have a similar skill set, right? Because – there's two things about our offense that, you know, you kind of have to take into account when you're talking about production. One is our offensive line, which is not nearly as good as Baltimore's offensive line, or at least nope. not nearly as good as offensive Baltimore's offensive line was last year when they still had Marshall Yonda, who's now retired. We'll see how they do this year. But listen, you want to put uh, Lamar Jackson behind Cam Irving, all right, for half the year, or, you know, with the interior uh, defenders or the interior offensive linemen that we had last year, the rotating cast that we had, come on. Lamar is a great scrambler, but he does not have anywhere near the pocket presence that Pat has. Okay. So to, to be able to succeed in this offense, I think you need to be able to manipulate the pocket, which obviously Pat is great at. And we obviously do have good tackles. So, you know, that helps a great tackle on the right and a good tackle on the left. That's obviously helpful. The second thing though, is arm strength and, and deep ball accuracy. Like Lamar, Lamar wouldn't be able to do anything with Tyreek Hill because his deep ball sucks yeah. all right That's it's like hollywood I, brown isn't the top three wide receiver in the nfl that tyree kill is well yeah also because hollywood brown's not as good as tyree kill but like but, but he can't he can't use him yeah he can't use him he can't use him because his his arm is he one his arm strength is nowhere near as good as pat's but his deep ball accuracy last year was was poor like his intermediate mm-hmm. accuracy i want to say off the top of my head was ranked somewhere around 18th yeah and i believe his deep ball accuracy which is over 20 yards was something like 25th it's right. not good okay so lamar could not step in and use the weapons that pat has and listen lamar had probably the best overall tight end room in the nfl last year with hayden hurst and nick boyle and mark andrews you know obviously the chiefs have kelsey he's bigger he's better than any of those guys but our TE2 was, you know, Dion Yelder and Blake Bell. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Hayden Hurst is a legitimate prospect. He was a first-round pick in that same draft. Anyway, all that to say that uh, Russ would be my pick. Russ has a great deep ball. Russ is very good at negotiating, you know, spotty offensive line plays. He's been doing yeah. that his whole career. Right. So he would be a great option. It would be great really fun to just have them yeah. swap places for a year just to see what Andy would do with Russ. Um that would be fun to see. And then my number two pick would probably be Deshaun. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think Deshaun similar kind of deal where, you know, his pocket presence is not nearly as good as Pat's, but I think some of that can be taught. And I think, I think scheme would definitely would help him out for sure. And I think his deep ball is good enough that he could take advantage of Tyreek, Sammy, Cole, you know, Travis, all those guys. I think yeah, I mean, Deshaun took great advantage of Will Fuller and Deandre Hopkins. And I mean, that was, I think he's a great pick there. 
So we have one last question, Taylor, and that is from our man Star Lord. If you had to root for a team that wasn't the Chiefs, who would it be? Hmm. Great question. Because you know, obviously, we have devoted a ton of our our time and energy to the Chiefs. And boy, did it pay off, buddy! Boy, did it pay off finally. <laughs> uh, and you know, due to that, you tend to kind of check a lot of teams off this list pretty quickly because you you yeah, like you know, every you team the in the animosity. AFC. Every team in the AFC is gone here. Yeah, Dunzo. I don't care. What who they are, they're they're out of here. So if you're left in the NFC, um, part of the my thinking here. So I picked the Eagles for a couple. That's of a good reasons. choice. Yeah, number one, Andy Reid ties and Doug Peterson and all the you know all the they've been very friendly with Casey recently, and yeah. um, they haven't beaten the Chiefs in any big spots. So I have no you know animosity towards any past situations with the Eagles. Um, they play the Cowboys all the time, who I have established already that I hate a ton. So, um, go birds, go birds, go birds. I also picked a bird team. I picked the, I picked the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, if you can't have Patrick Mahomes, uh, you, I'm wanting to pick a team with an exciting young quarterback. Kyler Murray fits the bill there. Fun player. Good. You know, just a fun player to watch guy that I enjoy watching play uh, because he's, he's ridiculously small and tiny, but he's got a great arm. And then uh, the Patrick Mahomes connection there, you know, you went with the, the Andy connection. I went with the Pat connection. So Cliff Kingsbury, obviously Pat's codes in college, um, some big ties there. And just, they run a really fun, you know, wide open offense. They obviously mm-hmm. like Steve Kime, their GM. I, I, I thought that he was kind of a dummy, you know, he drafted Josh Rosen, but then he totally heisted Bill O'Brien <laughs> and got DeAndre Hopkins for the ghost of David Johnson in a second round pick. So that's pretty cool. I mean, like, I feel like that would be a pretty fun team, you know, kind of going forward. AFC or NFC West, too, just kind of a fun division. Yep. Yeah. And what I really respect about the Kyler pick is that they weren't afraid to admit the mistake with Rosen. You know, yeah. they picked Rosen high, and most teams will never go back and pick another quarterback that next year. And they just – they swallowed their pride and they said, all right, we got a, we got a stud coming in at number one and we're going to ship off the guy that we just picked 10 and we're going to pick. Yeah. So I just, I really like that. Obviously they got Nook who is going to be tremendously exciting. We love Kenyon Drake here. Um, lot to, oh, yeah. lot to like about the Cardinals for sure. Yeah. That would be a fun, that'd be a fun choice. So go birds, different kind of bird. Yeah. It would be a little bit tough rooting for a team card called the Cardinals, but I would, I would make it work. I'd, we just I'd say go work. Arizona. Yeah, exactly. Arizona, the Arizona football club (laughs) is how I would refer to them. That's good. So that's all we have for this week, guys. We will be back next week with, I'm sure, more news. We will be uh, looking into maybe getting some more guests on since we had such a fun time with Sam a couple of weeks ago. Check out that podcast if you haven't yet. This is our first episode without a game to recap, but in just a little over a month, five weeks from now, we're going to be hopefully breaking down the first game of the 2020 season. So stick with us, guys. We will be back next week. Mm